One game away from the Super Bowl. We have the 49ers versus the Eagles in the NFC. The Bengals and the Chiefs in the AFC. We are conference championship weekend. Then we are on to do the Super Bowl. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined once again by my man, Derek Feverett, and we are getting down on the DFS slate for the conference championship right here on the Razzball Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Razzball Fantasy Football Show. Once again, I am Sky, joined by Derek for another DFS jump down for the conference championships. This time, just two games on the slate. This is always a bittersweet weekend for me because we're used to like the Thursday and then some Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays through the season. Then we get Saturdays and Sundays through the playoffs. But this weekend is just Sunday, of course. And then, of course, the big game, as they say outside of the network coming up uh, soon as well. All right. We're going to be breaking down the FanDuel lineups. I'll take care of those. And we have DraftKings options for you as well. But before we do that, we want to, of course, make sure everybody is following us right here. Everything Razzball at R-A-Z-Z-B-A-L-L. Subscribe to the Razzball Fantasy Football YouTube show right here. Subscribe. Hit that bell. Leave a comment on your favorite lineups. Maybe value picks. Maybe the must-start players let us know. Maybe we'll make some last-minute changes. And, of course, those of you on the go, you can download the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Rasball Fantasy Football Podcast. And, obviously, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O, at Derek underscore F-A-V-R-E-T. And, as Bob always says, and I need to get better at this now that we are transitioning into other seasons, Razzball is not just football, folks. Started as a flagship for baseball, turned into football, but we do hockey and basketball here as well. So whatever tickles your fantasy fancy, we've got it for you right here on Razzball. And, of course, all of our articles and our great writers across all sports, football, and then some at Razzball.com. All right, Derek, we got another weekend coming in here, man. We have done well so far. I know that we keep track over the weekends, of course, about how our DFS guys are doing. Some of those deep flyers haven't necessarily panned out, but they're deep flyers. We don't really expect it. However, the lineups that you and I have been putting together have been doing well, and I know that you have been cashing so far in the handful of weekends. So far, how has your DFS been throughout the playoffs, and how are you feeling about these particular two matchups in general? Yeah, thanks, Guy. Uh, yeah, it has been pretty good for us, hasn't it? Uh, I've, uh, I've cashed... Uh, Every every weekend, uh, the single slates, the uh, single days in the past are better for me than the full slates. Uh, so I'm looking to turn that around this week with our with our dual game uh, lineup. But uh, yeah, overall, about sixty to sixty five percent cashing uh, for the playoffs in, in late season. So feeling pretty good about it. And and our pickums have been doing pretty well as well, comparing to some of our colleagues who. Uh, you know, who aren't on the show tonight, uh, we, we seem to be carrying the water here. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great, uh, but I agree with you. I kind of miss football on Thursday nights and, you know, can't, don't look for, can't look forward to it tomorrow on Saturday. So, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer that's coming to an end, but a uh, couple good games to look forward to on Sunday. And of course, folks, we got dynasty, you know, a new dynasty podcast right here, the dynasty diehards on the Razzball 
Fantasy Football Network. And of course, we're doing shows with us as well all through the offseason. A lot of review content, what we did right, what we did wrong, what we might have missed on. Matt and Bobby have done a great job so far going through, breaking down positions on what we could have maybe seen coming, maybe the Russell Wilson situation, right? So many new moving parts in Denver, maybe Aaron Rodgers situation. Obviously losing Devontae Adams, but so many young receivers, we know that he doesn't love that. Perhaps we could have predicted some better things. So we're going to be fine-tuning that over the season. So stick with us all off-season as well. Derek, you had mentioned the pickums. We're going to get to our pickums, of course, for the two games, as we always do at the end of the episode. So everybody, please drop a comment. Let us know who you think will be winning that NFC game between the Niners and the Eagles and the AFC game with the Bengals going into Kansas City once again. Derek, uh, so far I'm doing very well. Uh, if the NFL hadn't, um, you know, gone against my boy Herbert and, you know, wanted to just kind of throw uh, Lawrence a bone there, I would have been undefeated actually so far in the playoffs. I have done well all the way through. Um, you and I both picked the Chargers in that initial game. So we both, of course, lost that one. I went with the Giants wild card weekend. You went with the Vikings and we got the Giants upset. That's your only other loss. Otherwise, last week, you and I were 4 0. Picking the Chiefs, Eagles, um, Cincinnati Bengals, and of course the Niners as well. So we'll see how the pickums go this week. Let's jump in to the DFS slate, though. Let's start with that 49er Eagles game on the NFC side. This is kind of a unique format, right? So we're down to like single game pickums at this point because we do have a major slate that we're going to share at the end of the show, but we're going to go with the NFC breakdown for DFS and the AFC breakdown for the DFS, just a single game, limited players, obviously and a different format. Can you kind of walk us through and explain what we're looking at this week for the single-game format and what the MVP or the captain, depending on the format you're looking at, is kind of a different mentality than a full nine-player slate we're used to? Yeah, so on DK, I'm, I'm playing the showdown captain mode, uh, as you intimated there. There's there's a captain. You select one captain. His his price point is is actually 1.5 versus just the single uh, the, the salary. But then you also get 1.5 uh, times his points overall, too. So a little strategy there. You're looking for someone who may not be the highest price to save you some money since you've got that extra you know, half, half salary to account for, uh, but that has a high ceiling and, and get you that uh, bonus with the, you know, the extra points. And then besides the, uh, the captain, you've got five flex positions in DK. So I've got a captain in, in five flex for each of the single games. On the FanDuel side, it's similar, but one less player. Um, they call it MVP mode, but it's the same idea. You get that 1.5. And basically what that means is, you know, if your player was going to score 10 points, now they score 15, essentially. Uh, but then you have four other flex positions, and flex is all the way across. You can actually play kickers, right? You could play a quarterback. Right. You could play three quarterbacks if you can afford them, if that's the type of lineup that you want. Um, so you have your MVP, your main slate player there. And uh, there's definitely strategy to put in that either a top dog up there. You think it's just going to explode. They'll explode extra. Or like you said, maybe buying down for somebody that is upside, saving a little cash, and then you can still uh, get that spurt there. So that'll be interesting. Let's start with the 49ers and the Eagles heading into the NFC championship game. Who are your six players on the slot? And uh, let's maybe save your team captain for the end. We'll bury the lead there. Okay. So we'll start on the, on the San Francisco side, uh, my flex. I got to go with uh, Kittle. I mean, Kittle and Purdy just have a connection. And so I, I want to 
make sure that I have at least a piece of that uh, for for my lineup. So I've got Kittle in one of the flex spots, and I also have Debo Samuel in the other flex spot. Uh, you know, CMC, of course, he's going to be the most expensive player out there, so you're paying up for him. I mean, you should have a great game. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, I'm going to go with Samuel. I, w- I was looking for Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I'm just a little leery of his injury, and I know he's still got the Q uh, tag on him. Uh, I think he'll play, but, uh, you know, I just, I just can't go with him, but I certainly with his reduced workload or the off chance he doesn't play, then that, that means more for, for Debo. So I've got Debo Samuel and Kerry Kittle on the, uh, uh, on the San Francisco side, on the Eagles side, I've got two of their running backs. I got Sanders and Gainwell. Gainwell had a really big game last week. He's been getting uh, targets in the passing game. Does get a lot of work uh, rushing the ball, but uh, he had 11 carries, I believe, uh, last week, uh, which is which has been a little added workload for him. Uh, he's a big game player, seems to show up in big games. So I'm going to go with Gainwell, and he's got a pretty low salary at 4,800. Uh, and also for Sanders, uh, San Francisco is, is still tough uh, against the run, but uh, – between price point and just workload, uh, I have uh, Sanders. He's shown that he can, you know, have those games when they count. Uh, you know, and I, I think the Eagles have a lot of weapons that San Francisco have to have to count for, and so they're going to spread that ball around. And I have Sanders in there, and then I came down to my two wide receivers, uh, AJ Brown and of course Devonta Smith, and I have both of them, but I was. Which one do I put into the captain's chair? And so I do have both of them in, in the lineup, but uh, I decided to go with Devon Smith as my captain. Uh, the reason for it, he's, he has eight-plus targets, at, late, at least eight targets since week 10. He, he's just going to get the ball. He's going to get opportunities. And four of the last seven games, he's been over 100 yards, and he's got a couple touchdowns in there as well. So – Whereas AJ Brown, I mean, he has a high ceiling for sure, but his uh, his production is a little more uh, uh, non consistent. You know, he's got to so come some games where he might get you know three catches for thirty five yards, but then he'll have eight catches for one hundred and forty yards. Uh, so in my captain's chair, you know, I, I want to have a little more certainty that I'm going to get uh, get those points. So I went with Devonta Smith as my captain. So his salary in that case is uh, thirteen thousand two hundred in, in the captain's chair. Uh, Gainwell forty eight hundred, AJ Brown ninety two hundred, Sanders at sixty two hundred, Kittle at seventy eight hundred, and Debo Samuel at eighty four hundred. Love it. It's interesting. I, I don't disagree. Well. I think I literally disagree in my lineup choice, but I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I don't disagree with your take, though, on A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Uh, love Devonta Smith as well. It's really great to see him emerging. You know, I mean, I think he could be a true number one on other teams that don't have A.J. Brown, right? Um, <clears throat> and if A.J. Brown goes down like he did in the second half of last week, uh, he was obviously frustrated, then Devonta Smith can can certainly step up as the number one there. I will disagree a little bit, though, on... I think A.J. Brown, first of all, bounces back. Now, of course, as a 49er fan, uh, I'm hoping these things don't happen in in real football terms. But in fantasy and just realistic gameplay, I do think 
first of all, he kind of is squeaky wheel this week, right? Kind of came out and was like, you know, why was he frustrated? Noticeably on the sideline, he wasn't getting the targets and whatever. Well, he also got a bit of an ankle injury, so he was out. He had a quad situation. They don't want to risk him when they were, you know, kind of pulling away from that game. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him, but I do think A.J. Brown gets peppered if nonetheless what he does with them, we'll see what happens. But I do have A.J. Brown in my lineup. I also have Debo Samuel. So we have two two players in common on this lineup here. I also have Debo Samuel. I just think the secondary and the outside uh, the outside secondary and cornerbacks for the Eagles are absolutely dominant and shut down. The Niners don't really play an outside scheme, though. So Ayuk, I think, will have a rough day. But Debo's not a typical receiver, obviously, who's just out on the outside and trying to make moves. So I, I think they're going to obviously move him in the slot, put him in the backfield, put him in motion. He'll get enough touches, and I really think that they're going to kind of run the offense through him. I also have Dallas Goddard. So on the Eagles side, I like A.J. Brown. Obviously, I love Devonta Smith. Honestly, I couldn't afford Devonta Smith by the time I put my lineup together. But Kittle was just a bit more expensive, too. But I thought Dallas Goddard was a nice kind of a, you know, third option, third best option at tight ends. I mean, outside of, you know, Hayden Hurst doesn't quite count in this conversation, but of these three, you know, four teams of these four tight ends, three of these tight ends when right are arguably the top three in, in fantasy football in general, outside of Mark Andrews when he's healthy and, and maybe TJ Hawkinson. So really excited about, you know, getting Goddard basically for pretty cheap, I thought. And then my kind of flyer guy, <clears throat> and this is just a homer pick, I love this kid. I think he plays hard, and I think he would be a number two on other teams that didn't have six weapons ahead of him. Um, Jawan Jennings, not flashy, not going to get a lot of work. I mean, maybe five targets, maybe six targets, but every game for the last two months, he's had a catch of 15, 20, 30 yards because nobody pays attention to him. I mean, think about that entire offense. Like Nobody's watching film or caring about Jawan Jennings, so he's – constantly slipping behind those linebackers basically unguarded more or less and Brock Purdy's been able to find him a couple of times there so I do like him to make a big player too and he can you know maybe slip in the end zone so he's like 7,500 it's nothing when I'm talking you know we're talking fam duel filling in a flex there so I like that so it comes down to the captain chair who did I put in you made the same kind of decision I went the other direction I'm gonna go with AJ Brown um and maybe this is kind of that like Football fan, fantasy fan, that kind of like reverse psychology maybe. So if A.J. Brown goes off and the Eagles smash up on the Niners, I'm going to do well personally. <laughs> if he doesn't, hopefully the Niners have done well at that point. But I just feel like it's going to be a big game for A.J. Brown, or at least they're going to try to make it one, right? I, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to play the 49ers style football, which is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, which they've done on everybody else in the NFL this year. They're not going to do that on the 49ers. I think they're going to try to go over the top and make a couple of big plays and pull out and have Purdy try to come from behind. If they can do that, I think that's A.J. Brown there. So I have A.J. Brown in the captain seat, 13.500. I also have Jalen Hurts, who I slid in here as well. As I mentioned, you can have a flex. So it's not a quarterback spot. It's a flex. And then I had all this leftover money, and I decided, well, do I want like another playmaker or just somebody who, again, I don't love. I don't love Patrick Mahomes. We're going to get to the other game in a second. Joe Burrow, I think, is hit or miss a little bit. Brock Purdy's, you know, kind of fourth distant in fantasy on this list. But Jalen Hurts at least is going to have the ball in his hand every play, and probably going to have the rushing. Might have a rushing score, and he's going to potentially have some uh, 
passes for big plays there to AJ Brown. So I wanted that stack. So I went with Jalen Hurts at 17,000, Debo at 12, uh, Goddard at 10, and Jawan Jennings at 7.5. So AJ Brown in the captain chair, Hurts, Debo, Goddard, and Jennings. We both have AJ Brown and Debo Samuel. Is there anybody there that, other than Jawan Jennings, I guess is my throw in? Um, you did not put a quarterback in your slot. So uh, would you have preferred maybe putting another big play, you know, maybe Devonta Smith and increasing Jawan Jennings value or something like that instead of Jalen Hurts? No, I, you know, I like where you're going with Jennings there. And I like, I like, can you justify it? And again, at that salary, you know, his lower salary and he allows you to get a Hurts in, in your lineup there. And he doesn't really take a lot to earn, earn that salary for you. So I really like that play. Um, you know, I, I looked at Hertz as well, to be honest with you, and I just decided I wanted I wanted the wide receiver potential, you know, the upside, and so I went with the extra wide receiver rather than a quarterback. And I even I even toyed with one lineup where I I used a kicker to see if I could save money and, and go a different way, and I ended up just going with the uh, the wide receivers and, and the running backs in, in my lineup. But yeah, I like I like I like the way you went there. Uh, and uh, I think you've got some uh, opportunity to separate yourselves against, you know, uh, other other players who are, you know, who are going with some of those those same names. You know, that's the problem when you get to these single slates. You get a lot of very similar lineups, but you've got to find a way to to be a little bit different. I, I like how you did there. Right on. Let's move on to the AFC side then. Let's get into the Bengals heading into Kansas City once again. We know that Joe Burrow has quote unquote had Mahomes' number as of late, right? Three and zero versus the Chiefs. There, um, they played three great games. All of them decided by three points, exactly, which is interesting. So, how are you feeling about the slate here? And uh, again, let's save your uh, captain for the final pick. Yeah. So you made the just a comment real quick uh, about Mahomes and, and not liking him as much. Well, I kind of feel very much the same way. I, I think this is going to be uh, a Bengals day. Uh, you know, weather looks like it's going to be somewhat similar, maybe not the snow, but somewhat similar to Buffalo. So I don't see any issues, you know, going to Kansas city and playing there. We already know they can win there. So I, I really like the Bengals and, and their playmakers. Uh, so unlike my previous lineup, I do have uh, a quarterback in, in mind and I have Joe Burrows in one of the flex spots at 10,600. Uh, I've got him paired with one of his wide receivers, Tyler Boyd, a little in, more inexpensive. I got him at 5,000. And uh, you had mentioned Hayden Hurst. Uh, you know, Hayden Hurst, he's not, you're right, he's not at the, at the level of certainly Kelsey and, and, and Goddard. But uh, I have him in this lineup. Uh, seems like, uh, you know, he and, and Burroughs, have a little connection there. He's not the, you know, the first option, but uh, he gets his share of looks and, and he's been turning those in to uh, uh, two receptions and, and maybe even a touchdown. Uh, you know, he, he did come in a little injured this week, but that injury designation has been dropped and Kansas city's over the course of the season. I've been about the bottom third against tight ends. So I do like potential for Hearst to, uh, to have a game. And, and he was pretty cheap at 5,200 for me as well. Uh, going on the Kansas City side, I, I you know, Kelsey, Kelsey's going to be a popular play, and he's pretty expensive, but I, I'm just not going there. Uh, you know, Mahomes is going to play, and they sh- they made a, made a point to show him walking without a limp, and saw a video today of him throwing, but, you know, he's not moving around. 
he, he's going to have trouble this week. They're going to need to lean on the running backs and, uh, you know, either running the ball or just you know, swing passes, dump offs, dump offs off the, uh, out of the backfield. And so in that case, I like both Pacheco and McKinnon. So I've got both of them in my lineup. Staying away from the wide receivers, stay away from Kelsey and, and take both of the, the running backs. Uh, McKinnon is uh, 6,600 and Pacheco is 6,400. Uh, so I've got both of them in the, in the lineup. And then for my captain's chair, I've got to go with Jamar Chase. He, he's, he's the guy. I mean, if he's, if, if there's any player on both of those lineups, maybe you could argue Kelsey in, in a you know certain situation, but if there's any player that's, that's going to go off and you can reasonably set that expectation, it's going to be Jamar Chase. And, so I've got him in my in my captain's chair. I'm sure he's going to be a pretty popular uh, captain, but uh, I I couldn't go away from him. So I've got uh, Jamar Chase fifteen thousand six hundred, uh, Hayden Hurst at fifty two hundred, McKinnon again sixty six, Pacheco sixty four, Burroughs is ten thousand six hundred, and Tyler Boyd's at five thousand. So you did interesting lineup here. So let's talk about the quarterback first because I had just said that I put Hurts in. On the other side, and you did not use a quarterback, uh, spoiler alert, I didn't use a quarterback in my lineup this time, but you did use Joe Burrow, uh, which I think is interesting. And <clears throat> let's, you know, kind of address the elephant in the room real quick. We're, you know, fading Mahomes kind of a thing, which is blasphemous, right, if you're not necessarily paying attention. <clears throat> Look, folks, he's playing on, you know, three quarters of a foot. They're going to tape him up. They're going to give him, you know, whatever vitamins they give these NFL players. I'm sure he's going to be just fine during the game. But a lot of what makes Patrick Mahomes extra special and what allows all these other players to get wide open, like unexplicably wide open constantly for the Chiefs, is Mahomes making plays, dodging sacks, escaping the pocket, diving, you know, left-handed throws, whatever. I don't see any of that out of just adrenaline plays happening, you know, that he gets forced into or something, but that's not going to be part of the day. I don't think. And while he, if Patrick Mahomes never scrambled, he's still a top probably five quarterback in the NFL in the pocket, but he's not Mahomes in the pocket. It's just different. And the, and the offense is different. So I agree with you. I actually think it's going to be run heavy in this game in general. I think both teams will be run heavy. And a big thing you think about when you're talking small slate, and you had addressed this earlier. We're not talking about a nine-player slate with all the teams available and so much diversity and tournament lineups and stuff. You're talking about, what, 10 to 12 players probably that everybody, thousands of people are choosing from, and you're picking half of those. And so finding diversity is really hard. My issue is if Mahomes gets on the goal line or in the five-yard line and they have two rushing touchdowns, right? I don't see the Chiefs scoring four touchdowns in this game. So he maybe has two more passing, right? I don't think you see him having he doesn't he hasn't had more than 270 yards versus the Bengals yet in his career. So I don't see a big 300 plus game that we're hoping for. He just hasn't been that kind of quarterback this year without Tyree Kill. It's been a much different offense. And also for Joe Burrow, I don't see that happening either and I do think that they run the ball a lot to to tamper the Chiefs potential, especially on the road, right? And trying to squeak out another close win here. So I just want to kind of address the quarterback situation really quick. Is there anything you want to add about the Mahomes quote unquote fade? Um, or is it just frankly that you love them both, but Joe Burrow maybe makes more sense for one way or another. No, definitely fading, uh, you know, for many of the reasons you, you said, uh, and, and I agree with you, you know, Mahomes in the pocket 
you know, without the magic that he normally has, he's, he's going to, he's still a top five, top eight quarterback and he'll be just fine if, if he gets that protection, especially, uh, but you're not going to see the magic that, that we've come to, you know, frankly expect out of, out of Mahomes. Uh, you know, I would surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if he has a highlight reel throw, you know, maybe a, a side sidearm pass or a, a flip, you know, flip to the, uh, to the flat uh, as he's getting tackled to, you know, to avoid a sack. You know, I, I it wouldn't surprise me to, that he gets a highlight reel, you know, kind of pass and that may turn out to something good, but uh, he's definitely not the, the ability to, or the inability really to move around and create is, is going to, it's so important to his game and in the chiefs, frankly, you know, and Kelsey and, and even those wide receivers uh, is just not going to be there at the same level. And uh, I think uh, the Bengals defense is going to capitalize on that. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. I, I even thought about uh, using the Bengals defense, frankly, and you know, one of the flex spots because it wouldn't surprise me if, if you see uh, you know, a couple uh, certainly sacks are in play, uh, you know, interception or two, and maybe even a pick six, you know, it potentially, you know, if he's scrambling around, throwing something wild and, you know, you never know. You, there might be a pick six there too. So I, I really thought about even using the Cincinnati defense, but uh, I, I decided not to. Uh, I just, it's just not going to be the same. And that's unfortunate because this could be such a great game and it, it may still be a good game, but uh, you know, when you, when you have a player of his, at his level and he's just not a hundred percent, it's unfortunately the chiefs are probably going to suffer. I agree. I agree. So I'll get into my lineup here. I just want to address the quarterback situation there. So like, look, if you want to play Mahomes, play Mahomes. He's, he's incredible. But when you're going head to head and you have all these other lineups and, and, uh, or all these other players to choose from and minimal spots to fill in, especially on FanDuel, um, I only got five spots here, so I wanted to kind of nitpick that a little bit. All right, I will save my captain for the end there. Um, you had mentioned that you're going to fade Kelsey. Totally get it. Um, we just spent five minutes talking about how we're going to fade Mahomes and maybe overall the Chiefs offense for what we're expecting them to be usually. My issue is, though, he's not going to have 17 targets like he did last week. All right, that was embarrassing for the um, um, uh, for them not to step up and actually have, you know, an answer uh, for, for what they were doing. You know, Jacksonville had no chance. Uh, Cincinnati's defense is much better, right? Their coordinator is much better. The linebackers are better. Kelsey's going to get his work, right? And I just feel like if Mahomes is limited, which we expect him to be, I think pocket passing Mahomes is maybe even more Kelsey and maybe not as many targets, but it's going to be designed routes versus just run and gun and find Kelsey wide open because they have amazing chemistry. So I do think Travis Kelsey has to be in my lineup. Very expensive, obviously, but I think the entire offense outside of maybe inside the 10-yard line or maybe even more so in the 10-yard line, depending on how you look at it, is going to go through Kelsey once again. So he's got to be in my lineup. <clears throat> also with the Chiefs, I agree with you. I think there's going to be more running than usual. I wanted Jarek McKinnon. When we get to our bigger slate, I'll talk about him a little bit more, but couldn't afford him quite in this particular lineup. But I went with Isaiah Pacheco instead. Um, I couldn't get both guys in. I couldn't get um, Jarek McKinnon, but I like Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's getting a lot of great work. He runs hard. He looks good. He's running with a lot of like, give me another opportunity, you know, and you love to see that. And there's no saying that he can't get two rushing touchdowns. Same issue with Burrow. I mean, if they go down the field, gets another couple, you know, scores there, it could be an issue there. So I like Isaiah Pacheco. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon also on the other side. 
Um, I've not been a big Joe Mixon guy this year. I didn't draft him in any league at all. Um, he had a fine season. He had that massive game, of course, early on that kind of carried his overall performances, but just hasn't been incredibly efficient. However, last week, the Bills obviously didn't show up per se. Very emotional situation for them um, off the field, of course. But Joe Mixon still got his work, right? 20 carries, over 100 yards and a touchdown. I like Samaji P. Ryan to kind of chop that up a little bit, but Joe Mixon's obviously the guy there. So if, if Joe Burrow struggles at all or they bracket Chase or you can't get Boyd and Higgins open for some reason, I think there's going to be a lot of run and gun to keep that Chiefs offense on the sideline. So I like Joe Mixon there. And then my kind of shot in the dark, hope for the best, is going to be Kadarius Tony, who I know you repped a while back. Matt was big up on him pretty much every single Sunday, and I always faded it. I was like, nope, not into it, not into it, not into it. And I was right for that portion. <laughs> but in the playoffs, he's gotten more healthy. They trust him more. He's learning the playbook. Again, he joined half, halfway through the season, so he's been learning most of this time here. But he was absolutely peppered last week. He was on his way to a massive game before Mahomes went down. And that second half with, you know, Chad Henney and that whole situation was just kind of a mess. But I do think that Kadarius Tony, they want him to be what they had to have Juju be, basically. So I think the number one wide receiver is supposed to be Kadarius Tony. And if Travis Kelsey gets three people on him in the middle of the field, I think Tony could have, you know, eight, 10 targets in this game. And he's $8,500 on uh, FanDuel, which is beans uh, compared to everybody else. So like that a lot. And then. I uh, built a lot of drama for nothing. I have the same exact player in my MVP slot, and it's also Jamar Chase. I am fading both quarterbacks in this game for DFS purposes. That doesn't mean they're not going to distribute the ball just fine. We see it all the time, right? Justin Herbert, okay? Keenan Allen when healthy was amazing. Mike Williams when healthy was amazing. Gerald Everett had some big games. Josh Palmer, right, had some big games. Austin Eckler out of the backfield had some big games. Justin Herbert didn't really have the numbers himself. But all these other guys that can catch the passes get those yardage, especially in PPR format. So Jamar Chase, I think, again, is just obviously a dog's dog. So he'll be fine. Jamar Chase is my MVP. 14,500 in the top slot. Travis Kelsey's got to be in there for me. 14,000 as well. That's 30,000 pretty much in two players. Then I have Joe Mixon at 12,500. Isaiah Pacheco at 10,500. I was $500 off of Jarek McKinnon, but I couldn't make a move. And then I had uh, Kadarius Toney as my shot in the dark uh, there at 8,500. Any glaring mistakes there a little bit or anybody that you're uh, just totally out on or that you like is maybe a sneak attack? Well, I tell you, when you compare uh, or you can come, you can pair Chase and Kelsey and still have a, have a lineup like that. Uh, you know, you're going to be in great shape. So no, kudos to you. That's, that's a great. And if lineup. Mixon actually gets the run like he did last week, Pacheco yeah. can get 60 yards and a touchdown on accident. And again, I expect Absolutely. Tony to at least get the work, whether he catches him or not. So felt like kind of a sneak attack uh, lineup a little bit there. So once again, Chase, Kelsey, Mixon, Pacheco, and Tony for myself on FanDuel. Now we'll switch gears here and go to the big lineups as we get out of here. I'll let you go first, Derek. Who do you have on the full slate for DraftKings? Yeah, so we've talked about him a lot. I had him in my uh, my uh, single lineup. Uh, Joe Burrow is my quarterback this week for all the reasons that we've already talked about. He's at 6,800 in, in the uh, full slate lineup. Now you just talked Joe Mixon and he's in my, he's in my lineup. Uh, Joe Mixon was 6,500 in, in, in this slate. Uh, like you said, we, we saw last week, uh, even, even when the matchup really wasn't in his favor, 
He had the carries, he had the yards, he had the touchdown, and, and that was, you know, anything you can ask for. And he he seems to be eager. I mean, I think the Bengals are in general, but I saw it last week. He seemed they eager to get back to the Super Bowl and finish, you know, finish that business. I think they're just playing at a at a different level than we saw, you know, certainly at the beginning of the year, but even later. They're just playing very confident and like I said, we've known they've they've won here before. So uh, I like Joe Mixon there. Uh, Jared McKinnon is my other running back for the reasons that I, I had before. Uh, I think and the reason I went, he and Pacheco were just about the same cost in, in the slate. Uh, McKinnon was just a little bit more expensive. But the reason I actually went with McKinnon here uh, than Pacheco is I just felt, you know, we, we talked through, you know, running the ball. And you had mentioned both both teams maybe running the ball a little bit more in this game. I And I agree with you, what you said. I think Pacheco, he's the lead back. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. And so for that reason, I thought he would be a little bit more widely owned in, in this late than McKinnon. So looking for that, again, that little bit of just the diversity, maybe get a lesser owned player. I, I like them both, but uh, I went with McKinnon because I, I just thought he might be a little bit less owned. Uh, from my wide receivers, Chase, Brown, and Smith. I got all three of them in there. You know, how I, I actually started around the wide receiver, and I put all three of them in there, and then I built around it, and I was able to get a lineup, you know, a nice lineup together with all three of them. So, yeah, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, and Devonta Smith. All three of them are in my lineup. And, That's big time. You know, I, I – I feel real great about that. They're going to all be popular. I don't know if all three of them are going to be in a lot of lineups. Certainly two probably will, but uh, I wanted to get all three of them and, and just get that upside. So I was able to do that. Uh, I talked about Hayden Hurst before and the reason I liked him, I have him in. Um, he was actually very cheap after those wide receivers. I needed to save some money. So he was cheap, uh, but I do like him as well. Uh, Dallas Goddard is my flex. You know, every weekend we've been talking about pairing tight end and flex at, at, you know, we with two tight ends. I've done it every week and it's been very successful. So I'm going to continue with that in this case. Dallas Goddard, uh, he was cheap for you. He was cheap for me as well here, 4,100. So I've got Hurst and Goddard and tight end slash flex. And then for my defense, Bengals defense, not only for the reasons I, t- I said before, but they're only 2,300. They were, they were comparatively – and for rightly so, San Francisco, Philadelphia, they both have are, are better defenses, but mm-hmm. uh, the Bengals have a really good matchup because of the Mahomes injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared, you know, normally you wouldn't you wouldn't go against a Kansas City offense, but in this case, feel comfortable with it. And the fact that they were very cheap allowed me to have those wide receivers. So, yeah, Joe Burrow, sixty eight hundred, Joe Mixon, sixty five hundred, Jerick McKinnon, fifty four hundred. Uh, Javar Chase, 7,600. A.J. Brown, 7,000. Devonta Smith, 6,800. Hayden Hurst at 3,000. Goddard at 4,100. And the Bengals defense at 2,300. I like it, man. <clears throat> you got a sneak attack there in Hayden Hurst. And again, as a tight end, all it takes is, what, two catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown, right? There you and go. You, you not only break even, but if one of these other guys, the big dogs, don't do that, which is possible, then, you know, you can get a little advantage. And obviously those wide receivers are stacked, man. That's an awesome roster. And if if those guys can go off, that'll be great. All right. On the FanDuel side, um, I went a bit crazy. Uh, It's less of a homer pick, more about 
for the 49ers to win this game, Brock Purdy literally is going to have to have the game of his professional life. Um, it won't have to, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a 350 and three kind of a thing that we saw in the wild card round, but it's going to have to be 250 and two and super clean. Um, and I think that that's possible. And I think that that's what they're going to want him to do. I love Mahomes and Burrow and Hertz, obviously, but they're so much more expensive in, in DFS. And we just talked a lot about diversifying our lineups on the five, six player lineups. It's, you know, it's, it's easier and harder depending on how you look at it in the full slate, but nobody is going to play Brock Purdy and maybe rightfully so. But for me playing Brock Purdy saves me like six grand right off the bat, you know, where I can go elsewhere and do other things. So I'm going to stick with my dog. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. Obviously not a lot of upside per se, but I just need him to be 250 and two and I'll be fine. I also went with Joe Mixon. 8,100. I just talked about him in the last slate. Love Joe Mixon. You covered it well. I expect him to get a lot of work. We've talked about Pacheco. We've talked about McKinnon a lot. I put Pacheco in my single game lineup with the Bengals and Chiefs. I said that I wanted McKinnon. I was 500 short, so I went with Pacheco. On this lineup, I flipped it, so I went with McKinnon with you as well. 6,500. It's going to be tough with ownership for both of those guys, right? However, in the PPR formats and things, I think McKinnon's going to get a lot of work. We keep talking about this like non-mobile Mahomes. If that's the case, it's going to be three-step drops, Kelsey, three-step drops, slants to Tony, three-step drops, dump off to, you know, uh, McKinnon when they're not running the ball. I truly believe that. So I want pieces of all of those guys. McKinnon's my dude. We've talked about Jamar Chase plenty. He needs no introduction. He is my um, MVP on that single game slate. He is my top dog and wide receiver. Because I went a little heavier in running back, and you'll see in my tight end and flex I did as well, I do not have juggernaut wide receivers outside of Chase. But I do have both of my guys that I was able to line up as my dark horses in the single-game slates, respectively. I've got Kadarius Toney for the Chiefs, and I have Jawan Jennings for the 49ers. Again, not a lot of massive upside. I don't expect 100-yard and a couple touchdowns, obviously. But I do expect five, six, eight targets and maybe 60 yards from both of them, and either one of those can catch a big touchdown, and that's kind of what I'm praying for almost, putting those kind of guys in my lineup. But any of that kind of work would you know, triple my value on what I paid for them, so that's kind of the risky play. So Chase, Tony, and Jennings as my wide receivers. Then I almost tried to avoid doing this because it seems so obvious, but I just had to. You talked about going both tight ends, right? You and I have been doing that the last couple of weeks. It's worked out well. You went with Hayden Hurst and Dallas Goddard. Well, if you're going to do that, why not just take the two best ones? So I went with Kelsey and I went with Kittle there. So Kelsey is my uh, top dog at, at uh, tight end, 8,500, and Kittle at 6,800. And then I'm with you. I, we're going to get to pickums in a second, but spoiler alert, I think this Cincinnati Bengals defense proved last week and the week before, and over the last couple of weeks, as they've gotten healthy on that D-line in the secondary, they're legit. It's not this offense is amazing and the defense is good enough. The defense is also very good, and I think that they're going to impress on Sunday. So I'm going to save that ducket as well, and I'm going to go with the Bengals at 4,000, which is nothing um, compared to the other three defenses. So I agree with you there. We had one, two, three, four co- collective players. Um, that was Mixon, McKinnon. Chase and the Bengals. My other players were Brock Purdy, Kadarius Tony, Juwan Jennings, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. 
So outside of uh, the ridiculous Brock Purdy hope, um, was anything uh, crazy pop off the page here? No, you know, I, I, I really do like this lineup, especially in a tournament format, because you've got the heavy hitters out there and you've got some low ownership guys in there that, like you said, one of those two wide receivers, 60 yards to the touchdown, and you've just earned the, the return to pay for both of them. So everything you get after that is, is you're playing with house money. So, no, I, I really like, I like what you did there. Uh, you know, I, I, I went into this before, you know, before I clicked on any names or, you know, plugged them into the lineup, I was thinking Purdy as well, you know, again, cause I knew he would be low, lower owned. He would be a little bit cheaper and allow me to get some of those other names in. Um, but I, I just couldn't pull the trigger on it because you know, he's, he's been good. He's a great story. He's playing confident, but you know, going into Philly this week is going to be the, the toughest pro game that he's played in. You know, if he comes out of this and, and we're talking, you know, next week, the San Francisco's in the Super Bowl, then, you know, all that talk about who's who's the starter next year, you know, in San Francisco or not, just just end it. Because, you know, he, he if he comes out of this game and he proves it, then, you know, he, he's Brady 2.0, you know, at this at this stage of his career. But uh, I just couldn't pull the trigger. I just think Philly's – well, we'll get to our picks in a minute. But, I you know, I, I think really Philly uh, – is going to have something in store and going into that stadium and the crowd and the environment, uh, it's going to be tough for him. I don't think, I think he can do it. You know, he's shown he has the poise to do it, but it's going to be tough. And I think what's important to remember about this game, right. Is everybody's talking about, well, Jalen hurts versus Brock Purdy. And obviously Jalen hurts is so much better and he carries his team and all this other stuff. It's like, that's definitely true, but (laughs) take a second and just start lining up everybody else. Special teams, kickers, defenses, secondary, defensive line, pass rush, schemes, coaching, whatever. That's all I'm going to say. It's a lot more than the quarterback competition. One thing that's really cool is there's a video that's been going around social media this week of Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy in college uh, when Jalen Hurts was actually with Oklahoma um, and they had a shootout game, which is fun. Uh, there's a cool one that's gone around over the years with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, I think, too, where they both had like seven touchdowns or something stupid. It was awesome. But this game with uh, with Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts was similar. I forget the final score, but they each had, you know, five touchdowns, six touchdowns, whatever. Jalen Hurts ended up winning it because, again, you're talking about Oklahoma versus Iowa State. But it was a field goal game, and Brock Purdy hung with them the entire game. Jalen Hurts ended up winning it. I'm just hoping maybe we get some bittersweet revenge. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've never really been one that uh... – you know, I, I really don't like that comparison quarterback versus quarterback, you know, Purdy's playing her or playing Purdy, you know, because it's, obviously it's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's, you know, in this case, you know, you've got two really solid defenses. So they, they you know, they, they both have tough matchups in their respective, right. You know, and usually that's not the case. And you know, you've got two great quarterbacks. One of them is facing a lesser defense than the other, you know, so it kind of gives them an edge, but uh you know, Hurts and the Eagles, they play their game. San Francisco and Purdy, they play their game. And, you know, we'll see, you know, who comes out on top. It's, you know, it's a team game for a reason. 53-man roster. There's team game. It's not not quarterback versus quarterback. I've, I've always kind of hated that comparison now. It's it's just a it, – it, it's an interesting soundbite. You know, everyone likes to talk about the quarterbacks. And, you know, yeah. you hear the, the guys on TV, you know, kind of make that comparison all the time. I, I just – 
I, I just never been a fan of it because uh, it's it's a team, and you know those we talked about all the receivers, all the playmakers, the defenses. You know they they've got a, there's a lot of great players in these games. It's not just the quarterbacks, but you know they get the attention. So I like I like that comparison. I actually saw um, an interview with uh, might have been Eli Manning, but they were, they were talking about Eli or I'm sorry um, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady for 15 years, right in that Brady Manning rivalry. Yeah where they played so many times in the regular season, also the playoffs and AFC championship games, and all this stuff. I think that is a true quarterback versus quarterback situation, uh, right? Two legends going back every single year. However, Eli brought up an interesting point, which is totally true. And I think fair for a game like this, where how many times did Brady's Patriots defense, Brady had a basic game, maybe even a bad game. Right. And that Patriots defense was so dominant they beat the Colts and in, in Peyton Manning. Or how did Peyton Manning divert from the pass and they just ran, 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 ran with Joseph Adai and some of those guys back in the day, and they were able to win the game where Peyton Manning didn't necessarily, but the team did. So I think that's – Brock Purdy is not going to win this game most likely for the 49ers. It's going to be everything else, but it's certainly possible to happen. Right, yeah, and there's enough weapons on the San Francisco offense that the Eagles can't stop – everyone and make Brock Purdy beat him because you've got Debo and you've got, uh, you know, you've got all the Kittle and you've got all the other playmakers. Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings. Exactly. You know, you've, <laughs> you've, you've got these guys in any of you're not scheming for, like you said, Juwan Jennings, no. but uh, no, they don't even know, you know he's on their team. That's the best part. That's right. You know, so <laughs> in a lesser team, you know, they're playing Carolina. Yeah. You can take away DJ Moore and take away the running backs and you make the quarterback beat you. Well, this game's not going to be like that. Because, you know, we just talked about the Cincinnati defense. You know, the Cincinnati defense may may be the difference, you know, in, in that game, scoring a defensive touchdown or something. So you never know. You never know what will happen. But uh, th- these are these are going to be great games, I, I think, either way. Uh, I, again, I wish I wish Mahomes wasn't injured because I think this would be, could be a classic again. But uh, overall, I still expect two very good games. I also think that it's 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 not always the case, believe it or not, but I, I do think it's the four best teams in the NFL. Yeah. And I would argue that both NFC teams are better than the AFC teams. I'm just a thought out there. Um, so we talked about it enough. We've preempted. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the Chiefs and the Bengals first. We've talked a lot about how maybe Patrick Mahomes is going to be limited, how Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow, but – Maybe they run the ball a lot. Which defense is going to show up? What schemes are going to work out? Who do you have winning this game in NFL terms? Yeah, I have the Bengals winning. Um, even I, I would say even you know in an, in an equal lineup and, and Mahomes was healthy, I'd still would have the Bengals winning. Maybe uh, obviously a lot closer, but um, they to me, I watch them. You know, just with the eye test, they they are playing for something bigger than the AFC Championship. To me, and it just been even totally. even though they struggled against the Ravens, uh, you know, in, in that first game, you know, they to me they never got scared. You know, they they had their mission. They knew what they needed to do to to win in advance. Last week, going into Buffalo, win in advance. Uh, I see the same thing here. You know, they've they they're they're playing for a chance to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I don't think Kansas City is going to stop them this week. So I've got the Bengals. I agree with you. I think 100% healthy Mahomes 
the Chiefs obviously have a chance no matter what with in that scenario. Um, I think it'd be a lot closer. I might even go Bengals then anyway. A lot of people are still making a big case about this offensive line for the Bengals because you have to find on these talk shows when you look at the big networks, they have to, it's like a cooking show. I love this and love this and love this, but I could have used more salt. So get the hell out of here. You know, it's so fucking dumb. Yeah. So when you're talking about these like teams and these matchups, you have to find something wrong with the Bengals to be like, if the Chiefs execute this, they can win. So it's been the offensive line. The offensive line has held up. Yeah. It's not what they wanted but they've held up and they've been fine. Also, Joe Burrow has his lowest average depth of target in the last three weeks. Doesn't matter. He's dicing everybody all over the field. So they're not throwing 40 yard bombs, but they don't have to. And your boy Hayden Hurst has already shown up all of a sudden. They can run the ball really well, right? Tyler Irvin or Irwin has come out of nowhere. He's good for a, a 60 yard bomb a game, right? So the offensive line to me is not as much of an issue as it was now versus Chris Jones. That's going to be a problem, but you know, I think as a unit, I think they'll be okay. So I agree with you. I think that the, the Bengals, A, can put up points, but I think this defense is going to impress more than I think people are realizing. At the end of the game, I think the Bengals win again by a field goal and once again on the road. Let's go to the 49ers and the Eagles. I will let you go first on this one too. Yeah, so I have the Eagles in this one. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, uh, well, I will say I agree with you. Uh, I close to agreeing with you that both of the NFC teams are probably the best. I don't know. I, I think, I think the Bengals have a shot, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to that uh, another time. Uh, but in this game, the, the Eagles are, you know, they got that week off by having the number one seed. I think that helped a lot, you know, hurt, hurt. He's still not hundred percent. You know, he's, he's not the same guy he was before, but you know, he's confident. They're confident that, that defense is playing really well. Uh, I I think they're just playing at another level as well. And, you know, what's going on in that city, you know, with the Phillies in in the World Series and now the Eagles having a chance to go to the Super Bowl. uh, I just, uh, you know, you may want to put your money down on the 76ers, uh, you know, making the finals to just, uh, you know, make a futures bet there. But anyway, I I think there's something special going on there in Philly. And so I've got the Eagles uh, winning a very close game. Yeah, and so does everybody else outside of California. And I get it. You know, I, I totally understand. And and I've been telling my friends this, you know, because I got a million Niner buddies who are texting all weekend long. And they know I do these shows and talk a little more in depth and regular bar talk kind of a thing. So they're asking me for insights and what have you heard? What do you think and stuff? And honestly, I've said this a million times. If the 49ers weren't playing the Eagles, I'm absolutely rooting for the Eagles the rest of the way. I love this team. I love Jalen Hurts. I'm not a big Miles Sanders guy, but I love the rest of the team, how they played. They play fun. They play my style of football. They're dogs, and I love it. You know, I love um, Kelsey up in the front, dude. Like, I played center in high school and just like the kind of smash-mouth mentality that they have, the underdog story from a few years ago. Yada, yada, yada. They're super fun. I love the Eagles. It's just unfortunate now that it's Niners and Eagles. But, you know – um, my heart obviously wants the 49ers and I'm going to pick the 49ers because not only is it a true Homer pick, but I just think that they have a legitimate shot. Um, I think apples to apples, they have a bit of an edge over the Eagles on an entire roster, entire coaching tree. Everything said, I think it's 60, 40, 49ers as a unit, but it does come down to Brock Purdy. Not that he's going to win the game, but he can't lose the game. Right. Dak Prescott last week lost the game. 
The Cowboys should have beat the 49ers three or four times. They didn't. He lost the game. That's different than, you know, Brock Purdy winning the game for the 49ers. So I'm going to go with the Niners. Obviously keep the faith. Um, but uh, I love Philadelphia. It's a great team, and um, it's going to be a, a dog match no matter what. I'm just banking on scheme, and, you know, it's going to come down to making no mistakes. And uh, if Jalen Hurts throws a pick or two or loses a fumble or something like that, or, again, this run game has dominated everybody they've played this whole season. The 49ers' run defense has dominated everybody they've played this season. Usually in the playoffs, we see those juggernaut offenses, juggernaut defenses. Nine times out of ten, the defense actually has the upper hand. So then it's going to come down to passing game for both of these lineups. And I think it's going to be deep bombs, seeing if they can get those completions with A.J. Brown and and, uh, Smith, or it's going to be the dink and dunk, you know, moving the chains, yak uh, style for the Niners, which is going to be very, very interesting. So I think it's a close game, but I'm going to hold faith and take both road uh, underdogs in this game. So I'm going to take I'm going to take the 49ers, and I will also take the Bengals. Well, we'll uh, now last week we were all the same. This week we're we split in half, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, I'll tell you if if this game was on the West Coast, I, w- I think we would we would be the same. Um, you know, mm. yeah, the tw- you know the twelfth. 12th- 12th man is famous in Seattle, but you know, if you look at it this year, you know, (laughs) if there was any, any stadium, any city that you didn't want Purdy to go to for the championship game, it's Philly for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that's going, that, that game, that 12th man game, that's already started. Oh yeah. They're they're, they're there in Philly up right now. That that's already started. You know, it's going to go tomorrow and into Sunday morning. So they're, those those Philly fans are already uh, already you know fighting this battle, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough place to win. If like I said before, if if they come out on top, then you know there's that removes any doubt whatsoever uh, that you know Purdy is your quarterback in the future. Totally agree. Uh, during the uh, during the regular season, I I have uh, been blessed over the last couple of years to meet up with my man Mike Gill out in uh, New Jersey, and uh, I run uh, radio uh, station slot with them. At drive time for fantasy football, we do the fantasy fix, and I just do question and answers from fans and stuff along the way on the driveway home. And it's an ESPN affiliate out in Jersey, and you know, got Philly and Jersey kind of conglomerate. It's you know, obviously massive Phillies and Eagles and everything. So uh, he and I have been talking a lot because he knows damn well that I'm a Niners guy and it's Eagles. So it's a lot of fun, man. And again, I, I love the team. I just hope that Brock Purdy makes it inside the stadium, right? Like I'm not gonna say anything negative, but like Philly's Philly. And I just need this kid to get into the locker room and then we'll see what happens after that. So That's it's going to be a lot of fun, man. No matter what, obviously I'm super duper invested as a Niners fan. Of course, everybody else would be if your teams are in it, but uh, just as a football fan, I'm really excited about both of these games. I wish Patrick Mahomes is hundred percent just because that's what you want at this stage of the game, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And look, man, I'm just cherishing football while we got it. Cause that's right. no matter what, more- we've got two weekends left and the pro bowl does right. not count. Don't even start. That's right. The pro bowl. Three, three more games. Football and- yeah. yeah. Three, three more games in a, in a flag football game. that doesn't matter. So <laughs> exactly. So um, right. excited about that. Cherishing that everybody enjoy again, make sure you're checking out your DFS lineups. 
right? I've got all the uh, descriptions down here below in the YouTube channel. So make sure you set those lineups. And if you want to, you know, maybe make a comment on what we did or whatever, keep track of us over the weekend. We would much appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe right here to the Rasball Fantasy Football YouTube show and at the podcast for those of you on the go. No games on Saturday, two games on Sunday this week. The Niners and Eagles up first, Bengals and Chiefs in the night slot on the East Coast. Enjoy that. Very, very excited to uh, get into some football here. And then, of course, we'll have DFS for the Super Bowl as well, and we'll see how that goes. And uh, I think Derek maybe spur of the moment here, but I think we'll put together some prop picks for the Super Bowl. That would be fun too. We got Sounds one good. slate, right? So why don't we do like 10 props or something? We'll dig up for y'all and have some fun on some props too. So everybody enjoy your football, AFC, NFC Championship weekend. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We will catch you back here next week. For my man Derek, I am your host, Sky Guasco. We will catch you next time right here on the Rasball Fantasy Football Show. Bye-bye. <laughs>